Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Phoenix 5-0-Info. Thank you so much for joining us. This program is brought to you by the Phoenix Police Department's Public Affairs Bureau in conjunction with Bonneville. I'm Donna Rossi, your host. I am the Director of Communications for the Phoenix Police Department. And joining me is my co-host, Ryan Cody, also part of the PAB unit at the Phoenix Police Department. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We have a very important topic to discuss today. I know the public is really interested in. We do. And, and a very special guest joining us today is Assistant Chief Brian Chapman, uh, who is over... Um, Brian, what exactly are you over? Well, technically, it's the Operational and Professional Development Division of the department, which encompasses training, the Compliance and Oversight Bureau, and the Department of Justice investigation. So thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I know you're very busy, Chief. We recently, uh, when I say we, the Phoenix Police Department, recently um, released a draft proposed use of force policy. This will be revision to our current use of force policy. Uh, and we have put it out for the public to read. Uh, and also, uh, they will be able to give input. So first of all, tell us why we're doing this. Why are we changing our use of force policy? Well, Chief Sullivan has been here for four months. During that time, he's had the opportunity to review various areas of our organization and set some organizational priorities. One of those for him was a revamp of our use of force policy. He wanted to make it much more concise, easy to read, and he wanted to give everybody in the community an opportunity to provide input on it before we finalize it. Because his commitment to meaningful community engagement means working in partnership with the community. And by the way, that community also means members of our organization. So this is a little bit of a shift from how we've traditionally done policy development, but it's going to be the process going forward. And this will be open for public comment beginning Tuesday, January 17th, and there will be a two-week period for people to give input. Uh, the Public Affairs Bureau will put out a link so that people can access easily access uh, the draft policy as well as the um, input uh, and comment and feedback form. Uh, so be looking for that on January 17th, and you'll have two weeks. Yeah, I want to ask about that part specifically, Chief, because we, we've seen some comments online when we first put this out about like, you know, why would you why why the public? Why does the public have any input on the use of force policy? It almost be like giving a, you know, the patient, uh, you know, reign over what the surgeon is doing. Uh, so tell us why you think it's important for the public to have input here. Well, reason number one, and we want to be very transparent with our operations to the extent that we can in the Phoenix Police Department. And when you talk about use of force, it takes on many different iterations for how people think about it. So we want to really demystify what use of force means in the Phoenix Police Department. And what you see in this draft policy is a very concise, easy-to-read document that clearly illustrates what kind of force we use and when we use it. It breaks it down into three very distinct categories, and it also talks about reporting and review requirements for that. So when we're, we're asking the public to review it and comment on it, um, uh, we're never going to get 100% agreement from people in the community or, frankly, within our organization that this is the way it is. But uh, I do think that it bolsters accountability with the, our own people in the organization and the community because they will 
they expect things to happen if we deliver force. And so if we have an opportunity for them to at least preview that, provide some context from their perspective on it, and we can make some changes or modifications to it, then we're happy to do that. We are members of this community as well, and it's important that we all work together to solve any kind of problems we have and break down barriers. And I think when you don't have policies that are public-facing, publicly accountable, or have input, then it just leaves questions and, and mystery for people, and, and we want to demystify that. So what, is, what does the input mean, per se? I mean, just because someone stands up and says, we think it should be like this, obviously doesn't mean that's going to happen. How, how much is, is their input going to be put into the final policy? Well, there's some things that we legally won't be able to accommodate. And uh, we, we just have an expectation that there will be some asks that we can't do based on Arizona revised statute or officer or public safety concerns. Um, what we're looking at is is maybe to have a better understanding um, from the community about what expectations they have from us. So when they look at our policy and they read it, they will be able to provide maybe questions about can you can you document this or can you explain this to me? I don't understand this. We've tried to make it simple, but I understand from a layperson's perspective, they might not be familiar with a lot of the definitions. And so that sort of at least feedback helps us build relationships, foster communication, whether it be on the phone or through email, and just provides, I think, a more comprehensive understanding of what this policy represents. To the extent that we can, we will shift. This is why it's a draft policy. We we haven't set this out saying this is this is what it's going to be. We we expect some modifications to be made to that, and that's why we're asking for public input to see if there is some wiggle room or some areas where we can make improvements that maybe appeal to the public differently. One of the questions I know that we've heard already is: Will this significantly change how the Phoenix Police Department operates out in the field? I think we have that question from from both the community as well as as internally. Yeah, and it is a great question and a great concern, I think, internally, because um, when you make a transformational change like this to a use of force policy, which is kind of a cornerstone of how we do business, uh, people are going to be apprehensive about it. But I think what you'll see is that there won't be a drastic shift in what we do tomorrow that we do today. What you will see is how those areas are defined what our accountability is in that from a reporting and review standpoint. And we're going to add some things in there um, that enhance our current policy, like duty to intervene. If we have officers who are using excessive force or doing things that are improper against the law, we have an expectation that employees in our organizations are, are going to intervene and, and defuse that situation. And important to that is that we have an anti-retaliation clause in there. So people that step in and intervene in that and say, this is not right, that's not how we're trained, it's contrary to the law, that, that they're going to be protected. So fundamentally, in terms of how we use force, uh, not a whole lot is going to change. But what what you will see is that it's easy to read, it's clear uh, in terms of the levels of force, and there's accountability and transparency component to it that I don't think that that we had a lot of previously. I know that uh, another one of the questions is, uh, it's no secret that uh, the Department of Justice is here, uh, and one of the areas they are looking at the Phoenix PD for is force. Uh, how will this align with 
uh, what they're looking at as well as what they um, expect. Well, this is part of the reason Chief Sullivan was brought here based on his experience with the Department of Justice, working in departments that have had consent decrees and pattern and practice investigations. And so he's doing everything he can from an administrative standpoint to put us in the best position possible. And this is not to satisfy a requirement from the Department of Justice. This is a serious commitment to reform within the organization. And it starts with how we operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so it's a number one priority for him right now to make sure that we revamp this process. We have meaningful community engagement as part of that process. So when we do get a findings report, maybe sometime this year or next year, uh, we will be ahead of the curve instead of reactionary. I know when you know a new officer comes in and they're in the academy, you can, you can train from the ground up there. But what about our officers that are already here? And how is that training process going to go down once this is finalized? Well, this will be a significant organizational shift in terms of how we onboard this policy. Our previous uh, process was to update a policy and essentially send it out for everybody in email, and then they check a box and say they've read the policy. That's not training, to be clear. And Chief Sullivan is very intentional about this part. So when, when we finalize this public comment period, we've had a chance to modify it and make changes, and we finalize this policy sometime in March, then between March and August, we are going to train everybody in the organization professional staff, sworn staff, top-down, so they understand every part of this policy because it is such core to our, our foundation here. And there will be complete and clear understanding of this policy before we finalize it and set it out. And you're going to see that as a pattern going forward with major policy changes. There will be some mandatory training to preview it, understand it, before we launch it. And that's a big shift from how things have been previously managed. Any idea what kind of time frame we're looking at? Well, I would say that the time frame is a little bit unknown, but if you're going to put me to it, I would say that we would like to have our policy done in March, and we would like to have all of our training done by August. And if we can get it done by August, I think we're going to be in in a really good spot. And I part of that has to do with what, what we see right now with this draft policy is the core principles, 10 core principles and some overarching philosophical statements about how we use and deploy force. What you'll see at the end of February are three addendums, one that talks about force operations specifically, one that talks about reporting and review specifically, and one that talks about duty to intervene, which I previously talked about. So those are being created right now. Um, the community will have opportunity to preview those just like they're previewing this overarching policy. Uh, so as, as you can see, if we're going to put it out for comment for a two-week time frame, we're going to have to launch these other ones, and that, that might shift our timeline a little bit. But in a perfect world, we, we, we'd be looking at sometime in March for everything to be finalized. Much is being made, and rightfully so, about the ability to have input from the community. How about from your officers themselves? Is this something that's going on right now? Well, yes. I would say that previously officers have had the opportunity to uh, make comments on policy changes. Um, I, I don't think that's been very robust, and I don't think it's been necessarily um, managed in a way where it, it, we, we solicit that feedback. 
Uh, typically, it's been, here's an email. Do you have any questions on this policy? Okay, it's going forward in two weeks. Um, but with something like this, uh, we have met with uh, different parts of the organization already in a very proactive way to engage them and make them aware of it. Our unions, the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association and PPSLA, we uh, have engaged them early on because this affects their membership. And we want to make sure that they have a voice just as much as everybody from the community because this, to a larger extent, impacts them on how they operate 8 to 10 hours a day, 52 weeks out of the year. So we're, we're hoping, and I, I think um, rightfully so, we're going to get a lot of feedback. Whether or not that's good, bad, or indifferent remains to be seen, but that's part of the process. Where, where does this policy come from? Uh, who writes it? I mean, that's one of the questions we've gotten. Who actually writes this policy? So we have uh, engaged some outside uh, consultants and an attorney who has familiarity with the Department of Justice pattern and practice investigations and consent decrees. And what we did along with the detectives that are assigned to our Department of Justice unit here is we took a look at all of those policies which have been approved by the Department of Justice already. Um, and then we localized it to make it Phoenix specific because you just don't cut and paste policies because they're different regionally and across the country. So we worked for about two months on socializing that internally and coming up with multiple revisions. And uh, hopefully we've gotten to a point where we can make some final edits here and then launch it off. Such an important topic. Uh, Chief, we really appreciate you uh, spending time with us today uh, to talk about this use of force policy. Again, the public comment section will start on the 17th and go for two weeks uh, until January 31st. Uh, and the Public Affairs Bureau will put everything out on phoenix.gov slash police is where you'll be able to give your input. Um, Chief Brian Chapman, thank you so much for being here. Ryan, always a pleasure Likewise. to yep. share the mic with you. Very important topic. You've been listening to 5.0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.